back on This Might Work. Is that the name of the show, Scott? Yeah, we're still figuring that out, right? I'm Peter Dunn, joined by comedian extraordinaire 2019 Scott Long. I'm uh, I'm sticking to the good years. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of this. Pete, Peter, which do you which do you prefer on this show? I prefer the Money King, which brings us to apparently our topic for tonight, which I just learned we're diving deep into the business world of Netflix documentary extraordinaire Tiger King. Yeah, you know, I just kept thinking everybody's doing a podcast on this, but they're doing the same podcast, right? Aren't they doing the same one? And I had so many business financial questions and so much of this had to do with money. I mean, it, it, it truthfully did. And, uh, you know, we always think of drug dealers or mafia members doing things that are kind of underworld kind of business dealings, but these people were working on a different edge that I had never contemplated. Uh, and I'm sure there's all kinds of different, you know, uh, shady ways of making money. And this is one I had never thought of. I've never thought of big cats as big business, which is why we're calling this episode big cats is big business. Mm, good. Good. Remember to put that Should, down. Right. I'm going to write that down when I upload this. Um, I do feel like we owe the world a spoiler alert. We we are not yes. holding anything back on this show. So if you've not watched Tiger King all the way through on Netflix, I highly recommend you do because I'm not, Scott, I cannot hold back anything for you today. You know, and this is interesting. I've never watched one minute. I'm just basing it all off of Facebook. I'm just all, everything that I've learned. No, I'm joking. I've actually seen this show. So, I've done some research. This is an episode where we should have equal research, correct? This has never happened on this show. I actually have done some research specifically for our moment that we're sharing Ooh. here this evening. Ooh, so you're the knowledgeable one. Well, let me uh, start us off, since you get to usually do that. I'll be in a different role. Hey, you, all cool cats and kittens. This is the uh, This is a podcast I want to take where we're like helping future Tiger Kings better understand where they could go right and where they would go wrong. And I have some knowledge on being a performer and working with uh, uh, live animals, meaning the audience in a comedy club, but you have a financial expertise. So I'm going to ask you some questions. You throw out what you need to, but can I ask you first, Pete, have you ever done a TV interview without your shirt on? Have you, have you ever done that? No, the, the closest thing I've done on that scale of questionable judgment is I rapped at a high school pep session in 1996, mm. 95, 95. What was your rap? It was an original. Oh, no. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. But, you know, as Mrs. Plan uh, my wife, and I were watching this documentary, that was one of the questions that stuck out to us immediately was, 
that is a choice to just do the interview shirtless. My recent, uh, she just became 12 years old, twin, uh, my daughter Mallory, was walking by. She sat down for a couple minutes. We were a little nervous, her even watching a couple minutes of this show. By the way, if you have kids and you're one of the 20 people that haven't seen this show, not, not for kids. This is not for kids. And her first question was, I'm not trying to be mean, but I think if you have a body like that, you shouldn't show it like in a TV interview. Like you should put more effort into the way you present yourself. And I'm thinking, well, this recently 12-year-old girl kind of figured this out a little more than our uh, fella, uh, what was his name? I can't, Finley? Is that John, name? I believe. Was John, John Finley. Yeah. So I took a picture of his pubic area that mm. was on the TV when he was getting his tattoo that he had covered. Yes. That said privately owned Joe Exotic. Yes, yes I did see I, I have a picture on my phone right now. You know what? Hold on. I'm going to text it to you right now so Don't. you can put it. No. No. So when I call, I mm, want this image no. to pop up. Okay. Let me ask. Uh, I'm going to ask some prices. This is going to be like the prices right a little bit. You know that okay, price game sure. they do? Uh, do you have any clue how much a tattoo uh, like a decent you know, tattoo cost. I don't know. I, I don't think I know, but I'm going to go. Are you talking about a tattoo of this quality? Um, yeah, that privately quality. owned. I'd say probably $250 for that. Okay. All right. Tattoo. I mean, we are talking money and business here in this show. I think a tattoo like that is 250 American dollars. Now, when you're uh, in your other job helping people with budgeting, which is a sure. very important thing, Maybe. Have you ever recommended in your top three or four things? Because what is it like, okay, getting on top of your credit? And I know all the rules are kind of a little different right now. Is that correct? In the uh, pandemic? I mean, you got to maybe shade them a little bit. All rules are off at this point, except I still, there's a couple things that you can't ever do. Face tattoo is, no matter the cost, a bad idea. And you um, generally should not, you know, get into big cats, but just a normal pelvic tattoo like John, one of Joe's husbands, I think it's okay as long as it's less than 80 bucks or so. Yeah. Okay. Have you uh, recommended spoiled Walmart meat uh, to people? Because that seems like uh, people have been missing out on that. seems like all the cats were healthy. Do you think in one of your top 10, oh my God, moments of that show was when there was this spoiled Walmart meat pizza that was made? Was that one of your top 10? Top like, three. Really? Yeah, it was up there for me. Yeah, I really, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. And I like the one guy that goes, this is the best pizza. Like he was mentally convincing himself that this was the best pizza. Uh, my mom lives in Oklahoma. She's probably listening. She's going to listen to this. Uh, the best pizza is not found in Oklahoma. I'm just going <laughs> to every uh, there's 10 Italians there and they're all considered Italians. Well, That's, your mom lives in Oklahoma. She does. She lives in Oklahoma. She does. Uh, she lives in Oklahoma city. So, but that's uh, not too far from, it's not too far from Joe exotic. No. Did has she I, ever been to his place? No, she had not though. She watches all the same news channels that uh, I saw all those anchors you know i visited my mom's house and oh, like, yeah, oh there's yeah. there's kelly ogle you know like i knew who they were so no uh and i'm sure she has not 
uh, commented on any post that I have made that was a joke about this show because I have a feeling she is very uh, embarrassed the way it's making Oklahoma look. So uh, let's move on on that subject, though. Let me ask if there are three different main characters in this. Uh, Carol Baskins. Is it Baskin or Baskins? I think it's singular Baskin. But it's a very Donnie Baker way of saying Baskins. It's funnier. I think Joe Exotic always calls her Baskins. Yeah. Okay. And then there's uh, Doc Antle. One of them is based in Oklahoma. One is based in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. And one is based in Florida. I was thinking of the business ramifications of that. Yeah. Is there a state that you would have chosen over the three? Because, of course, Florida doesn't have a state tax. Is that correct? Well, that's the way I would think of it. Absolutely. And it just so happens, Scott, I have pulled up right here on my fancy computer the top 50 states to do business in, in order. And there are only 50 states. But I just want to tell you which states are the best to do business in. Yeah. Do you know one of the healthiest states in the nation from a fiscal perspective is the state of Florida. It is number two. It's got the third uh, best long-term uh, stability as a uh, institution and the first ranking in short-term fiscal responsibility and stability. Beyond that, you know, we struggle a little bit to find the rest of the list. Okay, can I stop you there? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to people that live there, it is not number one in personal stability. No, we're talking about state finances, not individual. Financial, right. But, you know, okay. So Florida would seem to be the best place to have this happen. Now, I'm going to throw this out to you. Oklahoma has got to have one of the two or three lowest uh, costs for real estate. It's just like they pretty much give it away. Uh, you can buy a house there and land there for practically nothing unless obviously there's an oil driller on that. Um, so I would give them a plus. I'm just kind of ballparking this and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Then you think of Myrtle Beach where they're doing it. That would seem like a good place for tourism though. Like, you know, you have might have to pay more, but tourism wise, you got to really make effort to get to Joe Exotic's zoo. Whereas Doc Antle, you know, you bring your kids, you're golfing, you send your kids over to the the lion thing. Uh, that seems like a good business choice there. Yeah, Oklahoma has the third lowest cost of living in yes. the nation behind yeah. Mississippi and Arkansas, I believe. It's yeah, and I would have thought it was behind Arkansas, but probably Oklahoma City fiscally has done pretty well and then hasn't. You know, it just depends on probably right now it's, you know, not doing well at all with oil. Okay, so we, we've kind of thought about that. I, I was curious, do you know if Carol Baskin's is she like, does she get discounts on everything because she's a wildlife habitat? I mean, is it kind of like being a church where you don't pay the same kind of taxes? Do you have any clue on that? Sure. So yeah, that's a good question. I think what you're asking in, in actual words would be, is she a 501c3? Yes. Is she a nonprofit is what yes. you're asking me. Is she? I don't know, but we're going to look this up. I okay. I would guess that she is. And that's why her hustle is, um, I think, is as good as anyone's on this. Yeah. They've all got their own thing going on. 
But I think the fact that she is playing this altruistic card of cat rescue, yet still raking in the coin, it is a 501c3. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of trying to break down the, the financial benefits of the three and maybe why they've been as successful, you know, because they were successful in to varying degrees. Um, I think Joe Exotic was always on the, the edges, but, you know, that had to do with his personality as well. Yeah, can I, I can think I, they, yeah, please. No, I was just going to uh, ask, have you ever had a client in the past maybe that was – in something that was a little made you a little concerned about them, uh, and maybe you felt like, yeah, I don't really love doing business with this person breaking down their finances. Yeah, I can't tell you those stories, Scott, but yes, right. maybe over a beer sometime I can share those with you. But I've got more stories than you can possibly imagine. Okay, how does that make you feel personally, though, as a financial planner? Nothing to do with anything you're sharing with what they did, you know, Al Chapo. Like for example, I, I'm going to bring him up. Go, go ahead. How do you, how do you feel? I mean, you get anxiety or do you just like, wow, this is interesting or what are the feelings? Well, you know, uh, my wife and I are currently in the midst of watching Ozark and, and it's about a financial planner who gets in deep with a, you know, drug Lord or whatever. And it's like, right. it's not, parts of that. You're like, you, you draw a line and you're like, I can't do this. Right. And so now I've walked away from a lot of situations like that. But it does make you think, and, and I think this is the crux of the entire show tonight. If we, and I know you're getting here and I'm jumping the gun, but it's a long conversation. If you had to choose to do business with one of the three, Doc Antle, Carol Baskin, or Joe Exotic, who do you partner with, ride or die? Mm. Who's your person? Yeah. <sighs> right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not going to do business with Joe Exotic. I'll tell you who I'm not doing business with. A guy whose whole wardrobe looks like it comes from the buckle. I'm talking about Jeff Lowe. Do you own anything? Oh, man. Do you you own any clothing? Do you you own any clothing that looks like that? Because I've seen your fashion sense. And uh, have you ever had like a stretch in your life where you wore – you know, motorcycle boots, maybe, or uh, you know, no, like no, I have. I, I could see that stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I could see that stage. Uh, that guy was as confusing as anyone on that show, because you just keep thinking, was it the cats that were the, the 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 baby tigers that were attracting all those women to yes. have relations with that guy? Yeah, that and the jeans. I think there is a certain group of ladies who really like those kind of jeans. I mean, I would hope that's the case because those jeans, I'm I don't know. I'm guessing they cost two, three, four hundred dollars possibly, and they didn't look very comfortable. They did there, they look a, comfortable when he's moving? Well, it was very aggressive stitching on the denim. I think if you've got a thick gauged thread that does the stitching on the pockets of a male denim. I find that to be off-putting, and I don't want to forget this fact of the show. And I need to, mm-hmm. I need to make sure I get this out there. Do you remember the scene where they first started talking about uh, Joe Exotic uh, getting tigers to have pictures with people? And there's that grown man that was like, "I come here every week if I could. I just love yeah. getting pictures with baby tigers." We had to pause it 
and laugh for uh, like a laugh break of six, <laughs> six to nine minutes. Yeah, it was it was like, at what point as a grown man, do you see a camera? You're like, I got to tell him, don't I? I'd come here every week if I could. I love baby tigers. Who does that? I, uh, I'm glad you brought that scene up again because uh, I'd forgotten about it, but it was really, it's a top five probably. We have, in the show. We, I mean, a lot of people would, you know, talk about these, you know, scenes that people will always remember, but I like the weird ones like that more, you know, uh, oof. should we, should we have the uncomfortable conversation that I think we probably need to have? It's like, at any point, did you feel like you were making fun of really sad, s- broken sure. stories? Or, or, or like, I, I'm I'm more apt to make fun of the guy that says he loves tigers, right? Than Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. Like, I, I think there's something freakier about Walmart rotten meat pizzas yeah. than there is, you know. Well, that's where I think we've a. I don't know if it's evolution or, you know, it's just the, where we're at in current society when it comes to comedy. I'm kind of an expert on this subject. 20 years ago, when The Daily Show started, this is what every story was like. You know, it was to make fun of, you know, white trashy people. That was sure. pretty much yeah. it. And then there was Jerry Springer and, you know, the, some of these things still exist, but they were all um, that direction. I mean, Michael Moore, when he uh, first, he had a couple different documentary shows, they did a lot of this too. And uh, yeah, I would say that it has a lot to do why uh, a lot of people voted for Trump <laughs> where yeah. that are some of these people because they know that there are other people that are making fun of them. And they're like, okay, you know what? Um, my life's different than yours and what I enjoy doing. Maybe I don't want to spend $100 on some freaking sushi. And I don't want to spend $300 on uh, a bottle of wine. And I don't want to, you know, spend. I'm now feeling judged. Are we, are you just like grabbing was, my Instagram was, photos? What I, are you doing? Well, I was, I was reading your credit card statements. Let me get into the $900 sports code. But what I wanted to speak on is, is that those people <laughs> would say, Hey, I would rather spend $300 on this moment of this tiger cub, uh, that I could take a photo of that I could always remember and feel connected to. And if I'm eating, um, you know, meat that's spoiled on my pizza, I'll deal with that because I, I still think it tastes better than sushi. What is the what is the experience in your life that is I don't think most, I answered that question well. Go ahead. That is most like the man spending three hundred dollars to get his photo with the tiger mm. because it meant something to him. What I I'll give you an example is why you Please. get why you get to think of this. My wife runs marathons and uh so after the marathon, I'm the athletic supporter. I go along with her. And so I get to eat the post-race meal as well, which is, you know, you know, a really good meal. My wife's got 2,600 calories she can consume after running 26 miles. And I watched 26 miles being run. So I can eat too. So I know we went to a crazy restaurant in New York one night after she ran the New York Marathon. Oh. And spent an exorbitant amount of money that I can't even bring myself to say. 
but it but it was the experience it was like that made sense to us at the time but pull back the lens a bit and it was real dumb is it any dumber or, or less dumb than getting pictures with baby tigers no i right it's not it's not it's not that's your point that's your exact point it's no, like well it's whether it's sushi or wine or, or baby tigers what's it really matter yeah no I, what's I yours totally See, I'm, I really straddle the white trash, uh, fence, you know, yeah. like, like I don't, uh, I don't, I would rather just eat. Uh, I know this is, this sounds horrible, especially in the, uh, current straits that people are in. I would I just as bad, well sorry. eat a chain restaurant than a local. I'm sorry. I know that a lot of our listeners probably find that revolting that I would say that. I would also speak to when someone goes, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to do a chain. I'm going to do a local. Uh, guess who owns the Subway franchise? A local person. Yeah, that's fair. I, that, that's like when people like buy American cars. Like, I get it. But there's a Toyota factory down the street that a lot right. of our neighbors work at. So it's like, how, yeah. do I, how am I supposed it's to hard. split hairs there? Yeah, it's hard. So do I have one of those New York uh, stories? No. I uh, like to buy everything cheaply and have a lot of stuff, which I feel I feel like is very American. Yeah. Um, I like a higher quality thing. Like I, I'm not like I don't really enjoy going to the Dollar Tree and uh, just buying a bunch of junk. I would rather buy stuff on sale. I grew up with a single mom the second half of my childhood who uh, had more expensive tastes, but. Uh, didn't have the money, so she was a uh, you know a pretty good shopper, and so th- I know I'm getting into some kind of psychological thing versus yours was more of a just a moment, but I don't I don't do those moments. I I don't feel like I do much of that. I just like a lot of new stuff that isn't that expensive, but maybe was. So I feel I like I derailed this thing. No, I think that was a really great answer for a different show, but <laughs> it was, it totally was. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Hypothetically. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. I, I, I'm back to you being a, a financial expert. Yeah. Hypothetically, if you were to make your spouse disappear okay. or uh, how talking. long would it take before you would get the life insurance? I'm asking for my wife. Uh, like legitimately, that's a legitimate question. Yeah. Like, do you know how long usually it takes? Well, you know, a death claim can happen. A death. Yeah. A disappearance is a different thing, but the death of a spouse, I mean, you can have a check within a week to 10 days once you have the death certificate, but you know, state farm does not advertise that. No, they don't. It's the death certificate though. That's the issue because I'm guessing Carol Baskin's husband did you know they didn't issue one because he was disappeared and it wasn't until he was declared dead that she could collect on the estate that's the issue so i mean that's what took so long if i was ever to leave you leaving you in springtime that's uh carol baskin's uh second husband a very he did not fit with the rest of everybody else did you notice that yeah he seemed like a really like a bright, rational guy. It looks like like if you were speaking at a convention of financial planners, he would have been there. Like he he would have been there, and uh, you know, not not a speaker, not doesn't have the 
dynamic tones of a speaker, probably pretty successful in a, I don't know, a smaller, you know, like uh, somewhere in Florida, you know, like he had moved from New York and came down to Florida and he was a financial planner. It, uh, he was different. He was, uh, he was a nice element of calm every time after it's like, okay, this total, you know, S show can't get any crazier. I need a break. And instead of pausing for six to nine minutes, you got that guy. So who do you think was ultimately the best business person in the show of those types of characters? The, the second husband, the guy you're talking about, right. James Garretson, the guy that looked like John <laughs> Gruden's older brother, or um, Jeff, Jeff Lowe, or um, what Doc about... Antle. Well, Doc Ant, oh, we're second, talking secondary characters. There's also that guy in Southern Indiana oh. that ends up at the end taking all his equipment down Tim. to rebuild. Yeah. What do you Something think? About, Who's the best? Uh, I don't know who the best. Tim was my favorite. Something about Tim, um, he would be the best guy to go out and have drinks with. I now, think so. He'd be yeah. drinking some shine. He but, would yeah. be. He'd probably just go over to his you know house and he'd you know, open up the still. I just, I just really enjoyed him. I do believe he's probably committed many crimes. A lot. Uh, uh, allegedly. Just, allegedly. I don't know that for a fact. I, and, uh, but he seemed like the most fun for me, you know, like, like, uh, Joe exotic would be too much for me. I'm, I'm not as fun is I think people would think I am because I'm a comedian and all that, you know, and it's like, Oh, I bet he's a real party animal. And so it, I'm not really that guy. And, yeah. uh, he, he's, he's too much, you know, it's like when the drugs come out, it's like, uh, I'm you know, meh on meth. You're, you're meh. <laughs> yeah. Now, now. Okay. Let's, let's talk about Joe exotic since he was the, the true Tiger King. The title you know, character, yeah. Title character. So you buy a lot of trucks, you know, you you, you keep people heavy, uh, you know, in their pink camo. Yeah. How Do you think he had that kind of money because he saved so much because he'd never spent any money on dental insurance okay, for any of so his employees? Now, that's, that's a, a direct point. shot at the people that we weren't doing a direct shot at. But I've always spoken about this. Okay. I had, I had meth like teeth in the back. Like I was like at the opposite, like a mullet. Like I was a party in the front, like, uh, you know, I mean, I was business in the front and a party in the back, meaning the, the, my front teeth look great, but my back teeth were not good because I was a, a private contractor, had no dental insurance, didn't really make any money for the first 15 years of comedy. So the last thing I was going to do was spend it on dental uh, work. But my teeth look really good in the front. And I've always stated that would be the number one thing I would spend my money on is my teeth, like the first six to eight teeth in the front. And, you know, hopefully you got your ones on the bottom. But uh, what's, what's your statement on that? Have you ever, you know, focused on that? I mean, if people were trying to make a decision between uh, fixing their teeth or, I don't know, getting a nicer suit, what, what would you say? Well, this wouldn't have been a problem if you would have been just a ventriloquist and you never would have opened your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, then it doesn't matter True. if your front or the back is bad. You know, where I thought you were going with this, which would, which would have been an interesting angle that you didn't choose, would have been... 
<laughs> a guy like Joe Exotic, how does he afford to wine and dine um, his husbands? You know, and I'll just say this, and, and this is sort of half serious for the night. The only thing I'll give you. Good. I know lots of people who are really good at making money. Okay. And so what w- what that is to say is like they always find a way to create income. Always. And I honestly think watching that, Joe Exotic was that guy. And near the end of the documentary, he's walking out with two tiger cubs in his hands. He's like $3,500 here, $3,500 there. So he he understood that the breeding of the tigers was, oh, these four living things, that's a truck. These three things, that's a pink camo Carhartt jacket, right? He could do the white trash math of tiger cubs for uh, possessions. And I think I think that's a big part of the story. He didn't have wealth, but he had cash flow. I I have so I mean look, there's some of that with me in regards to uh doing stand-up comedy. You know, it's it's it, you learn to be a hustler. You're yeah. hustling. You're constantly hustling it. because you don't know where your check is coming the next week. There's a constant hustle and you know that you have uh, survival skills because that was, you know, now what you don't want to use your survival skills. Too many of these people will use their survival skills and just desecrate poor people like Joe Exotic's parents, you know, that oh, just yeah. Yeah. lost, you know, money after money. And, and gosh, I'm sure you've spent a lot of hours discussing it publicly or with personal clients about helping their kids and how that has often not worked well when those kids are adults. And actually, uh, you said not often. I think the words you were searching for never, I think you were looking for the words never or it never works. Scott, it never intergenerational uh, money situations never work ever, ever. Yeah. Well, it definitely didn't work in that show. No, if I'm like, it's, it's close to tax time. We're re- recording this right before April is about to start. Uh, if I was to buy a Spangly shirt for my stage act, could I take that off my taxes or not? Do you, do you know that specifically Spangly? Spangly? Like if you're in Vegas and you're oh, Tom okay. Jones or something, yeah. does, does, do you know if he gets to do that? I know that's more no, of a tax attorney. You know, this is a thing, really. Like performers can write off certain wardrobe, but a lot of people try to take advantage of that loophole. Right. And so it's a tighter loophole than you think. That sounds like we're going in a weird direction. Yes, it is. Um, okay. So who would you, if, who's got the best racket? That's what I want to know. I want to know, do you think Doc, Carol, or Joe has the best racket? Well, well, Carol has the, the back bonus. The, Carol has the bonus of being the righteous one. She yeah, gets that five hundred one c three helps. Oh, totally. And you know, she's got Peta on her side. At least I think she does. I don't know how much longer. You know, she'll. She's not looking great because of this documentary either. And I know a lot of people uh, are angry because Joe Exotic's sitting in prison probably for the rest of his life or a lot of his life. So he becomes more sympathetic. If Carol was the one in prison and Joe's not, then she would be the one that's sympathetic. Obviously I would think unless they had proven that she did murder her husband, which 
Uh, I don't, I don't think we do numbers on this, right? We don't like, uh, no. put, uh who knows? Who knows? It I, doesn't I, look I, good I, to me though. No, I think if you, if you factor in that Doc Antle did all that Hollywood work, yes. I think he was probably part of the Screen Actors Guild of some sort or the Animals Actor Guild. I don't know how that works, but I bet he made a ton of money just putting animals in movies. Okay, I here's the here's some research that I did do oh. that was not I can't believe they didn't put this in the documentary. Maybe they couldn't get the rights to it. In 2001, Doc Antle was on stage during the Britney Spears I'm a Slave for You performance at the MTV Video Music Awards. He was handling one of the animals. Wow. I mean, you'd put that on your business card, wouldn't you? It is on my business card. And it's not even true. <laughs> no, so that's what. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he was doing. No, like, he's totally was, winning. He's he's won the life. I mean, you know, Carol Baskins is with the guy who uh, seemed like you know he's a solid guy, but you know, boring is you know. Doc Doc Antle has lived a life like he's in Motley Crue, right? Yeah, but yeah, he didn't and- even have to leave. He just. I mean, then, then he would go, you know, he'd go on movie sets. He was, he was the animal trainer for, uh, Ace Ventura and all those movies. And I mean, he's had fun and you know, now he's, you know, he's a slob. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. He's a slob now in your words to God's ears, right? In his, uh, I don't know what, uh, mutual of Omaha outfit. (laughs) That's it. I have to say this. And this sounds like, and I'm not making fun of the situation, but it is a fact. He paid his um, harem of ladies very little. So from a from a revenue share standpoint, he got the lion's share. Ah, hello. I'm sorry. Hey, when you were hearing that and you were thinking, wow. Um, you know, some of my employees, I sometimes maybe feel a little guilt that they don't make a little more. Are you going to just kind of, are you going to now, like you, you wish you could even pay them more, you know, you, you pay them, you, you pay them well and respect and you can sleep well at night, but now you can really, I mean, you, you can just throw that in their face. Hey, I'm not Doc Antle. Next time somebody comes in for a raise, you know, when they come in, you're like, Hey, how much you make? That's at least two dollars over the minimum wage. Get out of here. So that's a really good point because yeah. they, they were paying, getting paid a hundred bucks a week with free lodging. Yeah, and they had to make the sweet love to him on top of it. It appeared like, or on bottom. <laughs> okay, uh, this was another uh, business what? question. Okay, okay. Um, you got me in a better mood this week. Two weeks ago when we recorded a show, yeah. you basically got me on like the morning of the apo- or the night of the apocalypse. It's like, Peter, what do you think about life? And I'm yeah. currently pouring bourbon into my ears. Right. Like I, you spent two weeks. No, I'm in a, I'm in a better mood now. Yeah. Now, when I mentioned this, I knew that when I'm like, you you all of a sudden I could just see your text. Your texts seem happy. Can that text yeah. seem happy? It seemed happy. It's like exclamation Thank you. point. This is yeah. the kind of subject I want. Okay, if you do a documentary where it's discussed, um, can you take it off your taxes if you discuss the Prince Albert jewelry? Is is that something? 
They like, if you want to get, uh, I wasn't even sure what a Prince Albert jewelry piece was. And then I did know, and I'm like, Oh, I don't really want to know. I didn't know. Well, that, that is actually the technical definition of a loophole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so good at this. What? what? Let's I'm not get so too, at... too, too far. No, that was unbelievable. I thought the unbelievable. One was okay. Mm. During your eulogy, will you have someone oh include uh, teabag tea references? <laughs> okay, so on Twitter, before I got to that episode, I saw someone mention the greatest eulogy of all time. And so yes. I knew someone had died, and I guessed it was that Travis guy, may he rest in peace. Right. And and then I got there, and it, it still delivered. Oh, my god! Still gosh. delivered. <laughs> uh. I haven't really done any research on this. Maybe you have, or you've heard. Is that really him singing Joe Exotic? Uh, it is not. He hired a singer-songwriters to um, write the music, and what they did is they sent recordings of them performing it so he knew how to perform it. But what he did is it released it as his voice and then sort of sang softly over the top of it. Right. But it was, it was two or three different artists that are now suing him or have sued him because he didn't have the rights to their voice. He only had the rights to the actual written music. He, uh, th- th- I got, they're not bad. The, the, no, these I songs agree. are not bad. I mean, I've heard much it. worse songs. I You're can think of, uh, I can think of, um, oh gosh, 1996 Pike high school or rapper, sure. a young kid. Yeah. Uh, and, well, look, your son, by that. the way, I'm guessing much better rapper than, he started earlier. It did um, start. <laughs> yeah, it's it, here's the thing. I think that music was so shocking when you hear it, and and then you pa- you pause. We're big pausers at our house. Like we pause yeah. to talk about absurdity. We'd pause and we'd be like, oh, "This guy's he's BS crazy," but wow, he's got the voice of an angel. We thought it was beautiful. I mean, terrible music, but we loved it. There was a kind of a Glenn Campbell seventies yeah. kind of yeah, rhinestone cowboy it. kind of thing happening there. Yeah, I, I, I would not say it was it was not bad. And and every time that one of those songs came in, it was needed. There was just so much insanity in this uh, documentary. Like, did you watch McMillions too? That's on HBO. Oh that's yeah, another- yeah. You know the FBI agent. We should, we got to do one on McMillions. We got to do an episode. Maybe, maybe, but um, but the that FBI one, agent on that drove me crazy. The guy oh, that was, I love that was really guy. funny, the young cowboy. Really? Oh, oh no, 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 no. He, Matthew McConaughey, uh, a young McConaughey had him. Like oh. I mean, I I I felt like that thing could have been three episodes instead of six. Oh, one hundred percent true. It was too I mean, long, yeah. and um, they they made one mistake they i guess they didn't know that netflix had a little thing in the canon that the, that was going to come out called tiger king which uh made mcmillions seem pretty dull in comparison and mcmillions is pretty good and it's got some great stuff in there but boy if they could have made that three episodes instead of six whereas the tiger king that could just go on and on i mean it's it 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 rarely ever disappointed, and maybe a couple moments, but overall, it was 
it was really wonderful. And all the peripheral characters were dynamite to the point where there's got to be a couple of people that work there that they didn't talk to mm-hmm. that uh, th- they probably were good. They just, they just couldn't make it on that list of, of, you know, geniuses, uh, documentary a, geniuses. There was a guy who worked at Joe Exotic's farm, blonde mullet, yeah. who was real to the point. And I can't remember the guy's name. He was the guy that testified against him in court. Yeah, I like that guy. He was unbelievable. He was like our favorite guy. Then there was the the lady who had her arm ripped off. He would. He really would uh, press down on a cheeseburger, though, like really too hard. That guy. The, the, the towards the end, he's pressing down on the cheeseburger to the point where I think like Bobby Flay would have had a heart attack because he was oh, pressing yeah. all the juice. Out All of, of the it. cheeseburger. Um, but th- I have had burgers, though, that can... I think Culver's kind of does that, and it works I'll totally tell you this. If restaurants were still open, I don't know if that guy would be hired. He, Yeah, I'd be up and down on that. Um, the guy with the um, uh, the the legs. Yeah, the kind guy of. without the legs. Yeah, Those kind. were well, awesome yeah, prosthetic those legs. awesome. And I could... You know, normally I would go, well, you know, are, are you sure you want to do that, you know, uh, with the shorts? But those were so badass. I'm sorry yeah. I dropped that word, but they really were that I, I totally got it. That was like he had kind of a, a look like he probably still did pretty well between the those prosthetic legs that were cool and the tigers, which I best- now discover was what I was missing in high school. I uh, can you imagine? This is really. It's. I'm sure it's going to be an epidemic of young dudes trying to get you know, baby tigers. Right. It has to be, and I, I think it's also important to point out that the best part of the show is that we don't do enough research to know these characters' names. <laughs> Remember that one guy with the ear <laughs> situation? He was. I good. feel like it's better. I feel like it's I, better. I, I, I also I like oh, I, I, the sad part, of course, when when one of Joe's husbands died, Travis, and then they did the trash memorial. You know, the like the pile of trash, the rest yes. in peace memorial. That I mean, it, I can't imagine dying. Is that pop in, art? I it might have been, but I feel like it's sort it of more like, of like an a, Oklahoma Andy Warhol. Yeah, more of like a Randy Warhol. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally. Now, right? okay, and then Joe, they didn't really get into it, but he changes his name from Exotic to Passages. And they, right? Wasn't that the guy's last well, name? Well, that's because D- I think Dylan or whatever Dylan. his last husband's name was, last name was Passages. Till, Dylan Passages was on, he had to have been on Days of Our Lives yeah. for a couple of years, right? I mean, that's such a great name. And, um, the woman who was right out of central casting from the FBI, the cool blonde yes. uh, woman yes. who uh, it was like Albert Hitchcock, Alfred Hitch, Albert. I'm still stuck on the, the Prince Albert. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, the Alfred Hitchcock, like he would have picked her as his choice to be the FBI agent. And she kept going with well, Mr. Passages. And every time she said it, I'm like, who's, who's that character? Who, why some and then I'm like oh that's Joe Exotic. Yeah, yeah he had um, four he had Maldonado, 
He had the one name that no one knows. Right. And pa- passages and then exotic. Jump he had four on. last names. You, you should get a stage name. Scott, real long. No. No. Let's not do that. I don't know what no. stage you were on. How about Scott the long? Kind of like Pete the. That, that, no, that seems to work. That's, play, that's played out. Yeah. Okay. So I think we've got everything covered financially. I, think so. um, I hope young future Tiger Kings will know probably the path to go. If you can go Antle, that would be good, but you do have to spend some time with a uh, a yogi, right? And then you go to like somebody. Yeah, he had to do that whole thing with the Bakavan or whatever. Yeah, and and his his hair was just. I mean, they did. They said he looked like Yanni. He did look like this guy that was a really bad musician married to a a dynasty star named Yanni, and he looked like him. I mean, he was just magnificent. He was just a beautiful man then. And then he had these tigers, and I mean, he must have been pulling in Wilt Chamberlain, John Mayer numbers, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, here, here's where I line up on this thing. It's my final word on the topic, and then I will let you wrap us. I think I'm backing Baskin. If it really came down to it, her racket is the tightest. She has got a 501c3. She's playing, pulling the heartstrings of America. She's got that social media following. And she's got that smart husband. Like yeah. if I have to partner with any of them, it's with her. And that's where I'm at. Okay. I agree with everything you said. If you can look past that, she murdered her husband in cold blood. Eh, it's small potatoes. Comparatively, Allegedly. maybe to some of these others, um, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and she does have a, she has the most fanatical following cause she has people that see her as a deity that is saving animals. And so, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to support her though. Not super likable. There's something, um, she's very smiley, but not genuine in this. It's weird. She's got smiley eyes, right? Kind of smiley eyes. Yeah. Um, but, nothing feels very sincere that comes out of her mouth. Like every time her husband handled the discussions, uh, it seemed sincere and factual. And then she was not that way. Whereas Antel, who I think is probably a big creep, right? He's really creepy. Correct. I mean, uh, allegedly, I I like to say that a lot. Okay, I okay. You have you have a uh, an empire to protect. I'm unemployed right now. We'll talk about that after the podcast. But I would just say, um, creepy. I'll put it this way: Would you want your daughter when she becomes seventeen? Would you drive her up like that? Uh, of a dad did from Ames, oh Iowa, and just drive. Don't fall in love with him. Don't. I, I know you probably will. <laughs> I thought of you when I saw Ames, Iowa. Yeah, it's about 40 miles away from where I grew up. Though that's where Iowa State is. I went to the University of Iowa. Okay, so um, hey. We did it. This was a different one. I think people are going to like it. I felt good about it. I felt like we took different angles overall, correct? Isn't that – I don't want to do the same podcast that every other podcast is doing. What do you think? No, I think we took who was the better business person, and I – 
I uh, I rule in favor of Carol Baskin. And you like that she's in Florida. Overall, that with the state tax and the 5013C. Or C3 if you wanted C3, to do it right. C3, yeah, you know, I, look, I, I know. C3 PO'd. <laughs> Thank you anyway, again for listening. And What do you, um, what do you got to I, plug? Plug something. I, I have nothing, really. I mean, my calendar. Uh, hopefully, if you listen to this in July, I'll be performing. <laughs> we're, we're doing this on March. Is it the 30th, 31st? No one really knows First, what yeah. dates are. Yeah, you probably do because you actually go to work still. Kind of. It's from your home. Yeah, I, I, I walk into a different room at my house. Yes, there you go. And uh, we we appreciate if you uh, if you like the show, uh, share that with others. I don't think I've been mentioning that recently. Please go and uh, subscribe. I feel like this is kind of a fun show that you should share with others. And besides that, uh, until next week, uh, I'm P- Peter Dunn. Right? Am I going with Peter Dunn? Or are you going? You, Peter Dunn, the other guy. And Scott Long, that's me, and we'll talk to you soon.